presence of God. The rock is a good steady place and today we're going to be looking at the rocks that cry out the praise of God. But first of all, a visit to Jurassic Ark. We'll do this several times today. There's our curator Daryl. There's our last big open day. No, we don't know when to have an open day this year because it's so hard to plan anything. Last year we were allowed 30 people. Would you believe that? 30 people on 10 hectares because we couldn't sterilise the trees. Such is wisdom from scientists sometimes. But we have installed quite a few new things. Wow, look at that mega shark. It's a great photo opportunity and it's a fossil that came out of the rocks. I've used it here many times. I mean, there's one of the teeth that this, this shark is based on. Most people have no trouble recognising a shark. Your family can get behind it and take a picture of the rock solid evidence. About what? Well, there's the nice artist rendition. And for scale, can you see the scuba diver? Yep, sharks used to be bigger. But then so did grapes. Isn't that what the Bible says? When they went into the land where the giants were, they got one bunch of grapes and took two people to carry them. Now... Between last time you were up there and now, we've introduced, what do they call that when you make something appear that isn't there like this? You can see the actual big shark up at Jurassic Ark. I put it on top of my car. We have virtual reality at Jurassic Ark now. You can see these monsters appear before you. And by the way, that's wonderful evidence that we're made in God's image. You realise when Paul writes in Romans, the evidence is all around us. He means exactly what he says. Monkeys don't make virtual sharks. Apes and gorillas don't even think about it. And they're not interested in coming to watch it. We make it. It's a creation. Didn't happen by itself. And we can create because we're made in the image of the creator. We just can't do real sharks yet. Aren't you glad? Yeah, we may never be able to do real sharks. God did them with just a word. Oh, and look, here's some words from mankind. You know the scripture says you'll be judged by the words out of your own mouth? This is out of Scientific American. Oh, they called it shark evolution. Do you see their giant shark at the top? The diagram's in National Geographic, sorry, Scientific American if you want to go and see it. Then there's a megadon, and then there's a smaller one. Then there's the shark you meet off the coast of Queensland, the great white shark. You know the one that's five metres long? I mean, one, two, three four, five, and you think that's huge. Can you imagine the shark I just showed you? 20 metres long, 60 feet. The evidence shows you that there's the history of sharks. Same as the history of grapes. Same as the history of society. Ever since sin came in, things have gone downhill. And some of the evidence is really exciting to people, but they call it evolution. In fact, do you know why they do that? Doesn't God say you'll be judged by the words out of your own mouth? Do you know why? We're made in the image of the word and he only ever tells the truth. And he also tells us that you'll be judged by the words out of your own mouth. In fact, they're all written down in a book. Hey, that's frightening, isn't it? Don't lie, kids. Uh, it's all copied down. We opened up Jurassic Ark quite a few years ago now to make that point clear. It's never the evidence which contradicts the word of God, but the opinions of men. And sometimes those opinions are incredibly clever. They're very well thought out. Some lies are incredibly sophisticated. 
they're hard to see where it's not a lie. But if it contradicts God's word, you stick with God's word because he always tells the truth. But of course, since I've seen you last, we've opened up our Tasmania Museum. Yes, the Lord has put together a whole system, whole piles of evidence that we can use. If you're down in Tasmania, if they ever let you travel again, um, you can come to the beautiful Tamar River. You will now see a world-class set of fossils. I know because I collected most of them and we shipped them down. Fossils are allowed to travel, but not you. Uh, it's an amazing world, isn't it? We have a lovely theatrette. We have a model of Noah's Ark. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's our director, Craig. Now, he was high up in the forestry industry, led it. In fact, he has some exciting evidence to tell you about plants and fossils. In fact, he's holding a fossil plant. And the one reason Craig is a believer, the one reason he has no trouble with the Bible, he came to me one day and he said, I want to get involved in what you do because when I was a student, you came to our university. And he has no trouble accepting God's word is true from the beginning. Look at one of the fossil skulls I supplied to them. Now, if you think that looks like some kind of, you know, those crocodilians with the long skinny noses? Oh, that's the fossil one at the top. The real one, the actual one, is the one at the bottom. Giant sharks, smaller sharks. Giant gabbles, small ones. And look, we've even got models of Noah's Ark the kids can look at, play with. Do you realise what Pastor said is true? Christianity is an evidence-based faith. It's a fact-based faith. And it, it shouldn't surprise you that the biggest attack on Christianity always begins with an attack on the Word. It really, really does. Genesis chapter 1 can't possibly be true. Don't believe in the Exodus. That's why we've got books on the Exodus up there. It matters just as much if it's the book of Revelation that's being attacked, if it's Matthew, if it's Malachi if it's Exodus or Genesis. God's word is true from the very? Yeah, every attack on God's word will be to try and make it out as if it's not true. Yep, there was our first fossil display. There's Craig. You can pray for him because we opened this museum this year. It has been a tough year to open anything. Guess how many people we had in the first week? Two. And one of them was an atheist. Amen! Hey, I tell you what, he didn't escape at all. That was great. And look, there's me, a living fossil. Uh, some people ask me as they came in, how am I? I said, well, as I approach the end of my teenage years, I'm doing relatively well. Um, and Glennis very sarcastically said, well, make the most of them because you're going to get tired real soon. Um, well, there's our fossil displays. It's good to realise that fact-based faith are actually evidence-based faith. If the evidence is not true, if the facts are not there, the faith is a waste of time. That's why Paul writes to the people in Corinth, if it's not true that Christ rose from the dead, your faith is a waste of time. And Christianity depends on the facts. That's why Luke says, I gathered all the evidence from everybody who was there and I wrote it down so you might know. Yeah. Uh, now there's where we are now. Notice the new glass cabinets. Notice the displays. I'll tell you what, when COVID is keeping everybody busy, you sure got a lot of time to do things in your museum. Uh, we've done the same at Jurassic Ark. You don't have people coming, don't waste your time. Use it to the honour and glory of God. And uh, there's our older couple. Yes, 
all ministries depend on older couple who are retired so they can be free to look after things like your shop and everything and pray for the team. Uh, that was the team a few years ago when we got together to decide, let's do it. We've got the evidence. We're here in Tasmania. We've even got Tasmanian rocks. So we're going to put all the evidence together to show people. Hmm. Speak to the earth and it will teach you. The hand of the Lord has done this. Now, how's your year been? Financially, we've had a pretty tough year. I mean, the accountant came to me and he said, John, do you realise Jurassic Ark is running at a real loss? I said, you ain't telling me anything. We don't have any customers. How can we run at a profit? And he said, it's not just non-profit. You're running at a real loss. I said, I know. You know, the Lord has kept us. The Lord has given us plenty of free time to do lots of things. Can I encourage you to see things as coming from God's hand, no matter how men try to manipulate it and to take advantage of it and to use it to bless people and to bless the work here, to bless God's work everywhere. Speak to the earth and it will teach you. I love that verse. Lead me to a rock that's higher than I because one of my favourite John Mackay versions of that, yes, Lord, lead me to a rock that's higher than I and also help me to see the rocks that are lower than me. Lead me to the ones that I need for evidence. Like this one here. You see the seashell on the right-hand side? You see the fossil shell? Now, I was up in the top of the mountains of Tasmania and that's what the rocks are made of. The other one comes from the beaches of Tasmania. I mean, did you buy scallops at the fish shop last week? That's a living scallop. And the fossil scallops tell you they've never changed one bit. They produced after their own kind. Now, do you realise, and I've told you this before and I'll keep telling you again because the pastor will know. He's new here, but he'll find out because he's found out in other places. He can sometimes preach the same sermon ten times in a row because people didn't listen the first nine. This is true, isn't it? Yeah. So let me make the same point. Do you realise why God had made things to not evolve? I mean, coronavirus is not something that's evolved. At the best, it's gone downhill. At the worst, somebody's made it go downhill. Interesting. You see, the Bible says man's heart is desperately wicked and scientists therefore are sinners like everybody else. And therefore, they not only won't see the truth, if they set their heart against God, they can't see the truth. You realise how serious that is? You know, one of the things that convinced me, and I'm sure it's because God was working in my heart, was as a geology student, you know, you had millions of years in your head. And yet as a geology student, I dug up a shell. And I said, hey, that looks the same as it is today. One of my friends dug up a 40 million year old fossil oyster shell. And when he opened it, it stank. He said, that can't be 40 million years old. It's still got flesh inside. And he swapped sides straight away. You see, the evidence points you to Jesus Christ. The evidence points you to a world that hasn't been here for millions of years. As I've said before, the further away you put the creation, the smaller God gets in the distance. Can you take that seriously? That's why there's even a couple of technical books up there on it's really a young world. There's no evidence from the, the fossils and the rocks about millions of years and the thousands of billions are imagination. So you either see what God says and he tells you ten times in Genesis that he's made things after their own kind. 
Now, does anyone remember what I told you three sessions ago as to why he did that? He's always got a reason. And there's always a teaching reason. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, the evidence is so clear. It's stamped on creation. God has stamped his nature as someone who always tells the truth. Nobody knows. Come on, I'll offer you a free something or other. Off the back table, a free kids book. There we are. Free kids book, off the back table, if you can remind me why God made things after their own kind. Come on, this is Sunday school, not church. You're allowed to answer questions here. Or embarrass me because I obviously didn't teach you well. Oh, well, now you're going to buy the book, so use your credit card, see my wife. Uh, she'll be happy to sell it to you or put it on 30-day credit or whatever. He did this for one reason. The book of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he alone is the non-sinner who came to this planet. He never changes. Sin makes things do that. They don't change, they don't evolve, they may go downhill. The nature of sin is stamped on this creation, that's what the Bible says. But it's not stamped on the God who remains unchanging. What does the Old Testament say? I, the Lord, I do not change. It's important you know that. Can I get you to pray before we finish this session? Uh, I'm going to stress this all day today. We are at the point where Jurassic Ark is so big and requiring so much work and we have requests for ministry, and I'm sure after COVID lifts, this is going to go mad out here. We need someone who God is calling to be a full-time worker. Um, don't want to be sounding sexist, but it's got to be a bloke. Right? We need someone who is called of God and who knows the Word of God better than he knows his science. But he knows his science better than the enemy does. Do you realise when the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked? Tell me what that does to a scientist who thinks it's just the evidence of the chemistry that matters. No, no, no. The Bible is evidence. You do realise that? The Bible is actually evidence. That's why the devil spends his time trying to undermine it in your opinion. And we need a bloke, we need a man, we need a young man. Because I'm actually past my teenage years. Have you worked that out? I'm actually past middle age. In fact, the older I've gotten, the, the older middle age seems to get. Um, but this person needs to want to win souls and want to be committed to doing it for quite a long time. Yes, we have one already in England. Remember 2018? I bought Joseph out here and it was in July and it was cold in Tasmania. He just felt at home. That's what it's like most of the year where he lives. But it's not like that for us in Australia. And we came back and we bought him here and Joseph preached to you and some of you fell in love with him. Well, we're bringing him here tonight. Uh, courtesy of Zoom for 15 minutes. He's got to get up early and uh, we'll, we'll have him 15 minutes in tonight's service. So pray that all the electronics and everything will work well just to give you a report. And if you want to support what we do and what Joseph does, there are ways, including the books. If you haven't seen this one yet, what happened to the dinosaurs? Joseph and I put this together and you'll see me, you'll see him. See my grandkids? The one with the red hair is Josh. The one with the golden hair is Lucy. And we took them on a, a trip, a story trip to Jurassic Ark. Yep, there's our Jurassic Ark Jeep. There's some of the fossils you can see. But you see at the right-hand side top of the page, there's a little dinosaur footprint. What's interesting, of course, is any page you see that on 
Uh, the books are up the back, by the way. There's actually a video embedded in the book. So if you've got your smartphone or your tablet or your television set that's intelligent, uh, then you can actually download this onto your TV and play it. Let me show you. It worked this morning. Let's pray it'll work now. Welcome to Jurassic Ark. Please keep your seatbelt on at all times in a moving vehicle. And do not feed the fossils. And there's about 20 videos embedded in the book, so you don't just get a book. You get a book and a lot of trips up to Jurassic Ark to various things, so enjoy it if you can't come to Jurassic Ark. But now we're open again, and we're even allowed 200 people on 10 hectares. It's quite good at the moment, so take advantage of it. Think about the school coming up. We had our first school again just on Thursday. And if you want to directly uh, pray for us and support us, see my darling wife, make sure you're on our mailing list, our print one and our electronic one. Now, we have roughly 20 minutes left before they sort of want us to have a break and get ready for the service. So I'm going to leave that up there and I'm going to move over here and I'm going to bring some rocks down and I'm going to pick on some intelligent-looking people. Looks can be confusing, but not for you. Do you know what that is? Hold it. What do you think that might be? Not sure? How about Dad? You look intelligent. I don't know, a rock or a skateboard? A rock, it's certainly hard, isn't it? Okay, it's a rock. You don't want to be picked on, do you? Yeah, photograph me. That's it. How about you, sir? What do you think that might be? Looks like a piece of wood. It's actually a dinosaur bone portion. Got it from the English Channel where the fishermen dredged them up all the time. And it's heavy, isn't it? Because it's soaked in minerals and the minerals are in the spaces. You know, bone's not solid. Bone's got a lot of spaces in it and blood vessels and all of that. And it was really great to get a specimen where we actually have blood and tissue inside it. Yeah, you do. I've got a lovely big specimen with blood and tissue inside it. Now, there's a dinosaur bone. In fact, do you know what the fishermen call them? Come on, you've been educated. <laughs> the fishermen in England, what, what would you call that? Because this is a portion of a rib bone that was that long. Okay, just on one side. Uh, they call them dragon bones. Now, you see, the interesting thing is we've referred to the fact that the Bible has to be true, the Bible's evidence-based, the Bible says God made everything, the Bible says God is higher than I, and the stones cry out his praises, dragon bones. You see, the scientists also have this problem, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Scientists are liars and cheats just like everybody else is at nature. We're sinners. You do realise what that does to you? It makes it hard to see things straight. Why do you think they call this a dragon bone? It's they believed in something mythical. No, that's not the reason. You see, the man who invented the word dinosaur set up the British Museum to show all of God's handiwork in creation. They didn't tell you that at school, did they? 
You see, you can tell a lie just as well by fibbing openly or by not telling the whole truth. They used to call dinosaurs dragons before they invented the word dinosaur. And the man who invented the word dinosaur, he kept calling them dragons for the next 20 years. And if you come with me to China, guess what they call dinosaurs? Dragons. Still, right? Now, when you are a person who is a sinner and you know the Bible mentions dragons, tell me if your name is Satan, one of the things you'll try to get people to not believe in. Dragons. Don't call these dragons, that's mythical. No, no, no. I'm sure there are some myths with dragons in them, but in reality you'll find the word itself goes way back into ancient Greece. It's in your Bible. The word in the book of Revelation is draco, as in dragon. That's dragon boats. So the fishermen actually had that from way, way, way back and it's still there, no matter what the scientists try to get rid of. Um, let's pick on you over here. You look intelligent. <laughs> okay. Now, what's that got to do with Moses? He did strike the rocks, got him into trouble at least once. What colour is it? Dark grey. Do you know what it is at all? No, okay. You see, we live in an energy-robbed environment. This is coal. Right? Dug it up just outside of Ipswich. Big old coal mines over there. Um, it's coal. Um, that's got something to do with Moses. Let's, let's pick this. Where's Pastor hiding? Over there. Over there. Very good. Very good. Very good. Ah, there he is. Yes, caught, caught, caught. Okay. <laughs> All right, now, where do you, your family name originally come from? Philippines. Now, there is coal mines in the Philippines. I've been there. But the difficulty is your Filipino government has a funny rule. You can't have a coal mine and a gold mine in the same hole. Did you know that? So, therefore, most people choose to have gold mines and rob the coal. That's true, by the way. You, you seen coal before? Uh, no. No. Don't we live in a funny world? When I was a kid, you went and you raided the train lines to get the coal to put in your fires. Now you can't even do that. But what's this got to do with Moses? Do you know? No, most of us don't. When Moses was being raised in Egypt, we're going to talk about him in the second service, he became the assistant prime minister, didn't he? He was on the way up. Now, have you seen the pictures of the Peros? Have you seen what colour their eyelids were? Black or brown. And the old Egyptian word for black is coal. These are not new words. Watch out, you'll be judged by the words out of your own mouth. So when the English started digging up this stuff, what else would you call it but black stuff? <laughs> Isn't that common sense? Yeah, dragon bones. We don't have any creatures as big as this. What are our stories about the big monsters? You'll be judged by the words out of your own mouth. Cole Moses would have had this on his eyebrows. He was high up. Moses abandoned the whole of Egypt and the riches and the wealth for the sake of who? For Jesus Christ. That's something that's important to keep in your mind because it doesn't say for the sake of God. It says specifically for the sake 
of Jesus Christ. Moses actually knew about Jesus. Oh, but that's another sermon. I better get up here because I'm starting to run out of time and I want to give you a few opportunities for questions. I need a brave volunteer from right up the back. Do I have a young man brave enough to come out the front? Middle-aged man? An appointee? <laughs> come on, sir, in the back row there. You want to come up? Yeah, yeah, you're the good-looking one. Well, if you leave your mask on, I won't know, will I? <laughs> okay, so, all right. Would you touch these? Okay. What are they made of? Petrified trees. What's petrified mean? Um, it's been like sediment coming in. Mm-hmm. Sediment. That's a big word for this time of day. <laughs> Sedos is Latin. Sed, well, the Latins were no good with this. So we, we actually say set, which we've, I mean, the English say set, and you make little sets in the rocks. You know, you put little sets. We call them tiles. But you see, they set it down. But us Aussies, we say sit. Right? So, sedimentary, the rocks sat down. Okay. This has made the wood petrified. It is petrified wood. Do you know what petrified means? I'm not trying to embarrass you. No, no, no. This is how Archimedes taught people. It works. And Aristotle, did you know that? I I guess it, by osmosis, it comes into it. Yeah, it comes into it. That's good. Actually, do you remember this Bible verse? where Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, you are Peter, you are the rock, the rock, the stone. Okay, Petros is Greek for rock or stone. Jesus knew his Latin, he knew his Greek, but then he invented all the languages, didn't he? In the beginning was the word, one of them was Petros. So this is the Peterified stone, okay? So those words are really interesting to know about. And you said the materials must have come in. You're not not doing too bad. There's a close-up one. What detail can you see? Well, you can see the rings. Yeah, you can see the rings. So everything's been preserved. For those of you who don't know how things get petrified, it's easy to find out. Just get a rose bush with a white flower, cut it off and put it in a bowl of water and you put the water in so the plant stays alive, correct? But if you want to know what's happening, put some red ink. Remember the old-fashioned red ink or red colouring? Put it in the water and you'll find your white rose goes red. So the stuff, even after the, you know, the stem has been cut, the material moves up the stem whether it's alive or dead. And even if this was dead in the rocks, the liquid will come through and if there's iron in it, the iron will stay. Uh, any gardeners here? You just stand there looking intelligent. Um, <laughs> any gardeners here? Do you ever buy iron materials in your fertiliser to put in the ground with your vegetables? Yes, because plants love it and, and so do trees. They don't grow without it. So if there's iron in the water and it comes in, guess what happens to it? It gets into the tree. It gets into the tree. And if there's silica, oh yes, it's on the packets. Read your fertilisers. contains soluble silica because trees love it and it gets into the tree. And it can sometimes preserve beautiful detail. Now, for a free book, this is, this is the one I brought you out here for. What's the difference between these two trees? And then we'll give you five minutes of questions. You see, talk to the rocks. Speak to the rocks. Seek the rock who's higher than you. The stones cry out. Job said, talk to the earth. It will tell you. And the Bible talks about creation. 
Yes, we know what these trees are. This is a pine tree. Do you know why? Because they still look the same after their kind. God hasn't changed the evidences even in the rocks, and these are from Jurassic Ark. Right? Okay, so asking you then, what's happened to these trees? No, their substance is actually the same, chemically provable. It's got a mixture of iron and silica in it. You can see the slightly orange colours, and the rest of it is silica. One more difference, this is your chance to win a free DVD. What about the shape? What, what's different about it? Aren't you glad the pastor doesn't do this every Sunday? <laughs> Uh, good, 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 good. Debbie McClap, he's done well. Come down the back later. We'll give you a prize. Good. You see, he said, this one's been crushed. This one hasn't. Okay, what's interesting, of course, is this tree was standing vertically up through the rocks. This tree was lying horizontally. And the other thing it tells you, which is probably a bit beyond most people, they were both saturated with water. You see, if you want to squash wood, have you ever tried driving a big D8 tractor over a bit of wood? It just shatters. Ah, but if the wood is absolutely saturated with water, it just stretches. We know that because that's how we build boats. You cut the boards, you soak them in water, steam it, and then bend them in whichever way you want. You try that when the wood's dry and it's a snap. Um, this one has been a flood-deposited tree. When you come to Jurassic Ark, you learn all about how to recognise things that are the results of a flood. And don't be surprised the world hates Noah's flood. I mean, my first week of Queensland University, and I've told you this before, they said we're not going to discuss any such catastrophic rubbish as Noah's flood or creation. You know why not? Creation, well, they don't mind that a bit. They'll put it back millions of years. They don't mind a God who's generous and makes things. They hate a God who judges. Noah's flood is all about God who judges. This tree has been part of a judged world. Uh, this tree has been standing upright and it's only squashed about that much. Neither of these, by the way, had roots when we dug them up. They didn't grow there. And if they didn't grow there, they grew somewhere else. And if they grew somewhere else, something picked them up, carried them along with lots of mud and sand and rocks and dumped them. One horizontally, one vertically. Yep. You'd be surprised how many floating trees float vertically and they can be covered up. All right, I've got five minutes or so left. Uh, does anybody want to ask me any questions before I give you one key punchline? Yes, young lady. Well, the microphone's coming. Well, I come a bit closer or they turn the microphone up a bit. We're megadons as big as dinosaurs. Um, come out the front here and you can help me figure this out. Come over here. Now, would you stand right beside me? Okay, now I'm going to step one metre. Can you step that much? Woo! Okay, let's do it again. Two. Oh, good. Three. Woo! Four, five, six, seven, eight, 
9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. How'd you like to be surfing with a shark that big? Now, most dinosaurs, surprise, surprise, were nowhere near that big. Right? If you live in the water, you can be incredibly big because you don't have to hold up what? Your own weight. When you're on legs, it's much harder. Do you know the name of the fiercest dinosaur in the movies? T-Rex? T-Rex? No, that's, that's a good answer. You're nearly right. He's the second most vicious one. The one that all the kids love is Velociraptor. Yeah, you know, in the movie, he goes around, he kills zookeepers and all that sort of stuff. Give her a clap. She's done well. <laughs> Go back and have a sit down. But you see, what's interesting is, would you believe in a movie that a creature this big could actually kill kids, kill people? Because that's how big Velociraptor really is. So in the movies, they put him this big. And he's not that big at all. I mean, you're, you're going to kill people, you've got to be monsters. So many of the dinosaurs you see in the pictures are grossly exaggerated for the purpose of making them look spectacular. But I'd be more worried about a 20-metre-long shark. So when you look at most of the dinosaurs, including T-Rex, he didn't even reach the ceiling. Most of the harmless ones, you know, the ones with the big long necks, they show all the evidence too of having lived in the water along the edge of the sea, like the monster mentioned in the book of Job. Oh, that's where we started. Uh, keep that in mind. You see, their footprints are all in the mud. Have you ever thought about why you find dinosaur footprints mixed with shells? And it's because that's where they lived. They, the water held up their what? Held up their weight. And that's why it says in Job, they walk along and they thrash. Yeah. Oh, you didn't notice that before. Job's not just a religious theology book, it's got practical facts in it as well. One more question before our time's up. Yes, sir. Wait there, the man wants your microphone. <laughs> Is there any truth to uh, the um, when they say um, the fossils have been found with uh, feathers and all that sort of stuff? Um, Okay, is there any truth to the concept that people say they found dinosaurs with feathers? Um, we happen to have some feathers in our museum collection. Joseph may show you some tonight. These are claimed to be dinosaur feathers, but if you're a person who breeds chooks, you'll, you'll recognise them as, as bird feathers. And the answer to the question, there isn't a single dinosaur skeleton that anybody has ever seen that has real feathers on it. There are dinosaurs with frayed proteins coming off their legs, but a feather is a deliberate structure. Now, if you ever get an opportunity to pick up a bird feather and then put it under a microscope, you'll find that the reason it works so well is that you've got the main stem, and coming off the side, you've got what to your, your eye look just like long, skinny hairs, but when you put them under a microscope, they've got little locks, little Velcro zips, so that when the hairs are lined up, they all hook each other. And you have an unbelievably light wing because it holds the air from getting through. So when they fly, all those hooks are hooked into one another and you have an incredibly powerful but yet incredibly light structure. Now, no such thing as a real feather has been seen on a dinosaur and the only reason for making those claims is they want to prove our friend Mr. Charles Lael's theory that dinosaurs grew feathers and turned into birds. 
Not even Darwin came up with that. But uh, it simply is absolutely fallacious. If you come to Jurassic Ark, you'll see we have an Australian display uh, that down the coast of Victoria, there's a set of dinosaur footprints. We have a copy of it up at Jurassic Ark and we have a mural behind it showing all the creatures that were found in this site. And at the same time as you have the dinosaurs, you have birds landing in the mud and then they hop along, then they take off again. And the man who found them said, I know what those birds are, they're cranes. Because the cranes live in Florida where I come from. And he's proved to be absolutely correct. So there is no evidence that dinosaurs existed before birds. There is no evidence that dinosaurs grew feathers and turned into birds. There is no evidence that dinosaurs ever had any feathers. And all the evidence tells you dinosaurs and birds were there at exactly the same time. And you'll be amazed as you see this mural because we got the artist to put on the mural every creature that lived at the same time according to the rocks. And you would have no trouble recognising 99% of the creatures at all, apart from the few who've died out. But then so has the dodo bird, hasn't it? And kids, just remember when you're at school, the thing you are often warned about is, hey, kids, look after the environment because the creatures are dying out. They never go and say, hey, watch out, polar bears are evolving to eat different things. They never tell you that because nothing's evolving. Things really are dying out. Okay, let's remind you then, sorry, not that one. Let's remind you of our Bible verse where Job told you, you've got problems, you have a difficulty trusting in God, then just go and talk to the rocks. Go and see how rock solid the evidence for God's handiwork in history, past, present and future really is. Above all, study what the word of this God is so you might know more about what God is like and how he works. And when people say, how could you believe that? You can simply say, here's my Bible. What is it you're struggling to believe? Because most people who criticise the Bible usually have no idea what's inside it. Okay, time for our break. I'll see you in 15 minutes. God bless. It's been great to be with you.